0: Why does it take an American journalist and pundit, Tucker Carlson, to point out obvious truths about Canada? Why is he the only one talking about the evils of our country's euthanasia program? Why is he the only one talking about the rot in our society where we encourage and even pay for young Canadians to use deadly and harmful drugs? We allow our government to trample on our rights and freedoms, rip apart our history and our traditions, and we do nothing when over 90 churches are vandalized burnt to the ground, there is something deeply wrong here in Canada. I'm Candice Malcolm and this is The Candice Malcolm Show. everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Don't forget to like this video. If you're new around here, please subscribe to our True North channel. If you're listening to this podcast in audio format and you enjoy it, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. And finally, head on over to our website, tnc.news, sign up for a newsletter so you never miss a story. Okay, so as you saw, we had Tucker Carlson in town. He was in Calgary and Edmonton last week, gave tremendous speeches in front of huge, huge live audiences. A number of people that came out to see Tucker in person was tremendous. It was inspiring. Uh, He was joined by some of the greatest Canadians alive. We're talking about Jordan Peterson. Conrad Black, we had Brett Wilson out there. It looked like a great time. Our own reporter, Rachel Emanuel, introduced Tucker at one of those events. So we were pleased to be a part of it in some small way. You know, I don't always agree with Tucker. I don't always agree with people he interviews or the way he interviews. Uh, But I did really appreciate what he had to say in Canada. Sometimes it does take an outsider to come in and point out the truth, point out the facts, things that people are too shy or too afraid to say. You know, a lot of the topics that he brought up like euthanasia, like the fact that we give drugs or we legalize drugs and allow young people to use terribly deadly drugs. What does that say about us as a society? I think Canadians, generally speaking, are too polite, uh, maybe too horrified to to talk about these things. They're just too sad and too hard. and, And Tucker brought that up. I want to zero in on something specific that Tucker talked about when he was talking about how canada treats its christians how canada treats christian pastors christian churches and basically what again what that has to say about our society so i'm going to play a bit of a longer clip here this is from his speech on january 25th talking about the treatment of christians in canada take a look
1: but take a look at what they're doing to your christians and i say this for a couple of i am a christian but that's not why i'm telling you this i'm telling you this because there's there's kind of no more inoffensive and peaceful group in the world than the Christians. In fact, there isn't. Their religion tells them, commands them to turn the other cheek and to put the concerns of others above their own concerns. So if you have a problem with those precepts, explain it to me, speak slowly so I can understand. I think every person in this room, regardless of your faith, can agree, yeah, I'm for that. I wish I was more like that. That's good, we need more of those people in society. Serve others for the sake of service. So if you're hassling that group, maybe you've got another agenda that we should be concerned about even if we're not in that group. If we burn 90 of their churches to the ground and the prime minister and his little weird buddies are endorsing that, burning churches, if you're on the side of burning churches, let me just say I don't need any other facts of the case, you're on the wrong side. If you're throwing (laughs) preachers in prison for preaching the Christian gospel, not for hurting anyone, not for making pipe bombs, not for trying to castrate other people's children, not for importing millions of people into your country who are not going to have work. Just for the crime of preaching the Christian gospel, you go to jail at the same time when they're encouraging your kids to do drugs and not just fentanyl but weed. Don't raise your hand if you have a 15-year-old son, but come up to me after and tell me what you think of legalized weed. For real. And and if you have a 15-year-old son, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They did that to you and to your son on purpose. And so in a country like that, in a world like that, if you think that preaching the gospel is so dangerous that the people who do it need to be in prison in shackles, you're serving someone other than the people of Canada, if you know what I mean.
0: So again, Tucker is absolutely right. And he's right to point this out. I am happy to say that although some of the other issues that Tucker touched on talking about euthanasia, Canada's drug policies, we we don't often talk about those things in, in public forums. And we don't have those Sort of policy debates in our country. Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to the treatment of Christians, when it comes to the burning of churches and the arresting of pastors, horrible, horrible treatment of pastors again for the crime of preaching the gospel, trying to host church services uh, for prayer during that awful period of COVID. Remember that time when you could go to the grocery store, you could go to Walmart, you could go to the big box stores and and buy things you could consume, uh, but heaven forbid you try to go to church, try to find. solace in your community and pray to God uh, with your community that was considered beyond the pale and we saw multiple pastors arrested for that in Canada in Canada of all places you know usually you have Canadian leaders condemning the treatment of religious minorities in other parts of the world you didn't really expect to see it here in Canada but then COVID came 2020 came around and all of a sudden we were living in an Orwell novel and our pastors were getting arrested I'm pleased to say that with some distance and with some time more people are talking about it. More people are raising concerns and saying, hey, that wasn't right. What we did back then wasn't right. And I'm pleased, uh, specifically, when it comes to the burning of churches, uh, that Pierre Polyev, a conservative leader, is finally taking this up. This is just from a couple of days ago, January 22nd. Pierre Polyev condemns Justin Trudeau for not acting to prevent the church burnings and basically excusing them and, and doing nothing about it.
2: So here is Pierre Polyev. In 2021, the Tekumas Te Shwetmik First Nation Band government said that they found the remains of 215 children who were former students of the former Kamloops Indian Residential School. The reality is that, to date, not a single body has been discovered. The band government itself has revised the wording of their claim to say that it's 200 probable graves, no mention of specific children anymore. And the only way to know what's actually beneath the soil would be to excavate, which the band government has not done in two and a half years to date. Meanwhile in Canada, 96 churches have been burnt or vandalized across the country since that initial claim was made. Many of the fires are proven arsons and the vandals often leave messages that tie to the initial 215 kids claim buried in unmarked graves. My question is, why just like the leftist media, the NDP, the Liberal government, are the Conservatives also so quiet about this truth and good news which is that to date, 215 children's remains have not been discovered there, when that truth coming from political leaders could potentially help set free Christian Canadians from attacks on their places of worship?
3: Thank you for your question. I would disentangle two parts because there is no justification for burning down a church, period, uh, regardless of the other me- information or uh, regardless of the other justifications that people would claim to to use. There is never a justification to burn down a church. And we as conservatives have called for stronger criminal sanctions for arson against all who carry out these attacks. We've also called for more security infrastructure around places of worship so that we can stop terrorists who burn down churches, who attack mosques and synagogues. Unfortunately, these crimes against Religious communities have raged out of control after eight years of Justin Trudeau's catch and release system after he has divided our country and turned people and groups against each other. We have more violence directed against religious uh, groups, including Christians, uh, than we have ever seen in Canadian history. This is the result of Justin Trudeau. He is not worth the cost. He is not worth the crime. And he is not worth the country that we know and love. And we should provide the resources to allow for full investigation into uh, the uh, uh, potential remains at at uh, residential schools. Uh, Canadians uh, deserve to know the truth and uh, c- conservatives will always stand in favor of historical accuracy. Uh, none of this changes the fact that the residential schools were an appalling uh, abuse of power by the state and by the the, the church at the time. Uh, And we need to move forward in a country that is free so that every single Canadian, uh, whether their ancestry goes back tens of thousands of years or whether they have been here for 10 days, uh, has the freedom to live their life in prosperity and uh, happiness. Thank you
0: so good for pierre i think it's a little late but better late than never and again it is incredibly important that we talk about these issues not just the fact that all of those churches were burnt to the ground but the reason for it the reason for it which pierre mentions it was all in response to the fanatical news story about residential schools the the claim that unmarked graves were discovered, that bodies were discovered, of course. None of that is true. We know that no bodies have been exhumed. No no, no bodies were discovered. Uh, the process was, was totally suspect from the beginning. True North were some of the only reporters uh, brave enough to say from the outset that that was wrong. And again, I think this is another issue where the tide is starting to turn. Uh, true North put out a book over Christmas. It was called Grave Error. It was a compilation of authors, and it was edited by some very esteemed professors and, and PhDs. Uh, Dr. Flanagan, who's a retired professor at the University of Calgary, and Dr. Champion, who is the editor of the Dorchester Review. Uh, they put together this wonderful book. I'm pleased to say that it is doing really well. It is selling really well thousands of Canadians, probably tens of thousands of Canadians have read this book or reading this book. It hit number one on Amazon.ca over the Christmas holiday. It remains one of the best selling books on Amazon for an independent publisher. You know, True North isn't a big publisher. We don't have access to put books in bookstores and through all the chains. You know, it's not going to end up on a Globe and Mail uh, bestseller list. Uh, But for an independent uh, book like this one, the fact that it has been sold so well, the fact that it it sold 2,000 copies in the first week alone, and again, it hit number one uh, in the, on the entire website, uh, Amazon, over Christmas. I, I think it shows that people are really re- ready and willing to hear the truth. They, they, they suspect that something wasn't quite right about the narrative that was shoved down our throats uh, when the moral panic was happening about the unmarked graves. And again, just pleased that, that this is happening. Barbara Kay, uh, an excellent columnist and journalist over at the National Post, had a piece about it uh, earlier this week, uh, this is what that looked like. Successive Residential School Books shows that writers don't need big publishers. And she talks about how important it is that Canadians talk about this, including Pierre Polyev, who again has finally come around. Uh, to, to 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 be willing to talk about this, it it does take some political courage uh, to touch an issue like this because it's it's so full of emotion, and the left will do everything they can to demonize you for even talking about it. Uh, so so good on Polyev to do that, and and I want to make special note. To uh, some reporting we did at True North by our own Cosman Georgia. Cosman is a senior reporter here at True North and he, he just did a tremendous job reporting on the Christian churches. He documented every single time a church was vandalized or burnt to the ground in the wake of that news story. Remember the time when everyone was sort of excusing it? People were even celebrating the fact that Christian churches were being burnt down. Well Cosman did the hard work. He, he put together this map. That this, this is one of the most read news stories in the history of True North and our website. It continues to get a lot of views because we put it all together in one place so people could see the scale of it, right? This wasn't just a one-off incident where a church was being burnt down on this side of the country and then again over here. No, no, this was this was a targeted attack at a religious community and it raised interest around the world. So Cosman's reporting uh, was picked up by multiple international news agencies and media outlets, including the Wall Street Journal. He briefed the Center for Security Policy, which is a U.S. think tank focused on national security and policy, and he talked about how Christians are being targeted in Canada. So I want to bring Cosman, Georgia on to give us a little bit of an update about his reporting. So Cosman, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the program.
4: Thanks for inviting me.
0: So just tell us a little bit about sort of the origin of this reporting. What led you to compile all this information? Uh, what did the process look like? And what was the initial response?
4: Right. So we were seeing an increasing number of these incidents of vandalism, of fires breaking out at churches. And I noticed there was really a gap in the media reporting. Nobody compiled all of the incidents in one place. And I thought the most effective way of doing that was putting it all on a map so people can see how widespread it really was. I mean, if you look at the map itself, these These fires, these acts of vandalism are happening across the entire country. I don't think there's a single province that hasn't been, that is untouched by these acts of hate against Christians, quite frankly. And so it it was really useful to show uh, the gravity of the situation in a visual way for people to really understand what's happening.
0: And did you remember, like, you know, when it first happened, right, this is we're talking about 2021, so two, two and a half, almost three years ago, uh, w- w- like, did it all happen in one big tidal wave? Was it spread out? I, I think I remember early reports. It was like five or six, then it bumped up to 12, and then all of a sudden it was 30. Like, how, how did it how did it break down?
4: So I think when uh, I put together the map, uh, and this was probably several months into the actual burnings happening, I think we were up to thirty-six uh thirty or thirty something acts of, of vandalism and fire. So it happened in a big burst and it's been happening happening continuously since then. I, I think like every month there's there's an act of vandalism, uh multiple acts actually, because we're at ninety-six now and it's only been about two years.
0: So, Cosman, you've read a lot of news stories, you've analyzed the information, you've done your own original reporting. What is your assessment like? Who Who is behind this? Who is doing this? H- how is it that they haven't been caught or stopped? Do, do, do you believe it's coordinated? Do you believe it's it's sort of random or just sort of individual vigilantes? Like, what is, what is driving this and who do you believe is behind it?
4: Well, I, I definitely think the narrative around residential schools, uh, the enmity that a lot of people feel towards not just the catholic church i mean there's there's ukrainian orthodox churches there's uh you know anglican there's lutheran there's all sorts of uh, churches being targeted it's just a broad uh brush of of christianity that's being that's on, it being attacked right now and so i think a large motivating factor was how the media and politicians in this country spun the narratives about the uh so called you know residential brave findings, and we haven't even turned up a single bone yet, and this kind of created a climate of hatred, and almost gave a green light to all of these subsequent acts.
0: You know, it's so interesting that you say that. I remember uh, the Liberal Minister of Heritage at the time when they brought in their online safety bill, so the bill that censors networks like True North and podcasts like the one we're on right now, uh, he, he said that that would address... The church burnings. We had public figures, including the head of the B.C. Civil Liberties Association, an organization that's supposed to be defending human rights and individual rights, like the, the right to freedom of religion. Uh, she tweeted in in the, in the wake of all of this, "Burn it all down." Uh, we had Gerald Butts, who's Justin Trudeau's at the time, his you know principal secretary and his assistant, his best friend. Uh, he he said that it was understandable that these churches were being burnt down. NDP MP Nikki Ashton actually celebrated. Uh, the toppling of the statues uh, that that were also happening around the same time, the toppling of the statue of Queen Elizabeth II and as well as uh, Queen Victoria, saying that these were acts of decolonization and then including a little heart emoji uh, for good measure. So rather than the uh, uh, figures, establishment figures and leaders in this country condemning these acts of of violence against a religious group, uh, we actually had people cheering it on. Uh, what what was your reaction to that?
4: It was very troubling. I mean, it's essentially incitement in in some cases because it, it creates a, a climate where people feel like they can do this without consequences because our political leaders, rather so-called leaders, are not condemning it. They're not launching investigations. There hasn't been a federal inquiry into this where we, we've reached 96 acts of uh property damage targeting a specific religious community and there hasn't been one single committee to investigate this and it's you know quite quite honestly it it is also sad that the conservatives have not pushed an investigation into these uh acts because it's we're we're cross we could potentially cross the line into acts of violence whether it be uh, direct or a mistake what if there's somebody in that those buildings and one of these churches goes up in flames
0: well and also how would you just feel as a as a a member of that congregation, would you really feel safe going to church every Sunday or going to pray in the afternoons knowing that your religious community is being targeted, that, that the church up the street uh, was burnt down or vandalized? I mean, you're right, it, it does uh, it, it does create a climate of fear and I, I will give Pierre Polyev some credit because recently, i mean, I'm talking about very recently, January 22nd, I played the clip uh, off the top of the show, where, where he, Polyev did condemn this act and said that there's no justification uh, for burning down churches and called on Trudeau uh, to do more. But again, you know, this is two years after the fact, two and a half years, maybe three years after the fact. Finally, we have a conservative leader who's willing to voice uh, these concerns. But you're right. Uh, I mean, the fact that, that the conservatives haven't been pushing this uh, from day one uh, shows that there was some fear. Now, hopefully, they've gotten past that. Uh, so, Kazma, as far as law enforcement, are there, is there any effort uh, to, to to sort of uncover who's behind this or investigation to hold the people who have done this uh, to account?
4: There have been few arrests. Uh, the latest one I know of was in uh, Coronation, Alberta, where a 23-year-old uh, man was arrested uh, after a church went up in flames. Uh, there were some arrests. I remember one incident of uh, vandalism. I think a woman in Vancouver splashed paint on on a church. This was pretty close to the, the residential school claims, and she was arrested and uh, charged. But there's no broad, you know, hate investigation happening here, and I think the police. Unfortunately, are are not asking the right questions. They are not looking into the political motivations and the you know the hatred that exists behind these acts. So unfortunately, uh, there and and also there hasn't been some national approach to this. It, it's just single um, police forces investigating the incidents as being isolated, when in fact. There is a pattern here, and there's so many of them that we need to start considering these incidents as connected to some degree, or at least looking into how they might be connected, whether it's uh, ideologically or actually a network of people coordinating this.
0: Well, you know, sometimes it takes an outsider uh, to point out the obvious of what's happening in our country. I was, I was pleased that Tucker Carlson uh, brought this up during his speeches in Calgary. The fact that he had that number right on the tip of his tongue, that there were 90-some churches burnt, uh, means that he must be uh, reading True North, must be reading your reporting, uh, Cosman. So uh, great work. Keep it up. And uh, thanks for all the work you do here at True North.
4: Thank you, Candice.
0: All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Candice Malcolm, and this is The Candice Malcolm Show.